Hey there, sports fans and Ringer MLB show listeners. You're listening to Baseball Barbecue. I'm Jake Mance. That's Jordan Schusterman. And yes, this has been inserted late in the game, like Kevin Cash walking out to the mound, inserted into the Ringer MLB podcast feed. Follow our podcast, Baseball Barbecue, also on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts. It's a good podcast, and you're about to listen to it because you're listening to this. Goodbye. Welcome to Baseball Barbecue, the only podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network that told you about Randy Rosarena. We told you. We fucking told you. I'm Jake Mintz. That's George Schusterman. Hello, George Schusterman. Oh, we are definitely the only one. I mean, I I feel so confident about this one. Of all the other ludicrous claims you've made about our podcast uh, since we started this, this is definitely the only one all over Randy. I feel At pretty good binge about mode, it. do a whole show on Randy Rosarena, please. Yeah, there are 17 Ringer NFL shows. None of them touched on Randy Rosarena. Uh, so you're welcome, folks, if you came here. All right, we are recording Monday night, Monday morning, excuse me, late Sunday night. It is basically midnight. I'm back in the car. Love it. Drive of the game, Jordan <laughs> Schusterman. We're going to be talking uh, NLCS preview. We're going to talk about uh, ALDS Yankees Rays Game 5. We're going to talk about Game 1 that just happened. It's going to be a good time. Okay, Jake Mintz, we just watched ALCS Game 1 live from San Diego, California, where well, well, Houston we Astros, were not there live. No, we weren't there. We were of not course there. not. Of course <laughs> no. not. No, didn't get credentials. Have barely left. Uh, obviously, have not left the East Coast at all. Um, but the baseball was live. We watched it on our televisions. We enjoyed the baseball game between the Rays and the Astros. And of course, we are going to get to how the Rays even got here uh, a little bit after. But we have to react to what we just saw, which is a Rays victory in Game One against the Houston Astros, two to one, in a game that took. Way, 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 way too long because Blake Snell went to 3-2 on every single freaking batter. Everyone. It was a three-hour and 50-minute game uh, with only three runs scored, but it was a good baseball game. There were some great moments. Uh, Where do you want to begin with this recap? I have two thoughts uh, about tonight's game. The first is that the Rays, uh, in their multitude of Rays, their double entendre Rays uniforms with the ray of light on the chest and the ray of devil on the crest and on the hat. Very confusing. Too many rays for the rays. Second thought, I love a game like the one we just watched, two to one, because you can, like game five, Dodgers-Astros 2017, there's a thousand moments and you forget them all. I remember everything important that just happened in the two to one ball game we witnessed, right? There was the Altuve homer. There was the Randy homer. There was the line-out double play that kind of changed the flow of the game. And there was the Mike Zunino RBI. And then there was uh, Castillo closing it out. Baseball, five points, done. Got it, cool. Yeah, very simple, easy to digest. I know it took four hours, but you're, it, it's true. It, it is much more easy to, to recap exactly all the important points. So let's, pick, let's, let's talk about a couple of these big moments that you mentioned. First of all, as you let us off with here, another Randy Arozarena home run. 
oh my goodness, this one uh, tied it up in the fourth inning. And again, like, you know, he was batting second tonight. He was DHing. I know he struck out in his three other at-bats, but like the dude clearly is locked into a degree that <laughs> nobody else is. And uh, re- also reminder, let's go back to game five for a second, was robbed of a home run by Brett Gardner. He would have had another one there. This dude's unbelievable. And I am just so excited for more people to find out about Randy Rosarena because it is great. Obviously, he's locked in and hitting homers. And you can tell that he's locked in because of the homers. But there's also a way to how he's striking out right now that shows you how locked in he is. And it makes me think of Miguel Cabrera, where like when Miggy strikes out and you got him, he'll like let you know. Like he smiles and he points to you and he's like is clearly thinking that it was such a fluke that you got him out that he's laughing about it. And there were a couple moments when Randy struck out and he struck out three times where like you could see him be like, uh, I struck out, but I'm the hottest hitter in the world. So it doesn't matter. And there was like no frustration. Guy strikes out three times, doesn't even break a sweat. Yeah. Other 100%. important moment from tonight, Jordan, or not a moment, but was, was Framber. You want to talk yeah. Framber first? Yeah. So, so Framber, Fromber, probably Fromber. I doubt they pronounce Fromber? it Framber. Uh, down in the Dominican. <laughs> Framber Valdez. Yeah, yeah I went Framber. down to the yeah, Dominican yeah, yeah, to yeah. learn how to mispronounce Framber. Framber. Exactly. Uh, but Framber Valdez, uh, again, I, 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 have, I have already talked about how much uh, I love him and, and the style of pitching. Um, but you pointed out something tonight uh, when we were texting earlier um, that not just the way that he pitches, which is a shit ton of curveballs and a, a change. I, I saw the change up way more tonight than I feel like I'd seen in previous uh, uh, outings of his. Um, but he just smiles a lot. He's having a great time, great mound presence, the kind of mound presence where it's confidence, but also like I'm pitching in the ALCS and I signed for $10,000 and nobody knew who I was until, you know, three weeks ago. Like he's clearly enjoying the moment. Uh, he's not phased by anything, even when he gives up the homer. Uh, he looked great and he's been like, just, he's been a great, great, great starting pitcher. And it's been very cool to see him evolve into that. Um, and it was cool watching him. I'm glad, listen, for me, perfect outcome. You know, you know, we're, fairly as most neutral fans are generally pulling for the Rays here. Uh, but I love Fromber and he was great. So I, I'm glad that he uh, did, did a good job. He is the, to me, the most joyful and easy to digest thing about the Astros right now. Right? Like I can go out there and be like, well, I hope the Rays win. Like you said, and I hope Fromber's great. And we got that. It was pretty swell. Mm-hmm. Big moment tonight. The Mike Zunino single. Jordan, Mike Zunino is good. Mike Zunino, you love him very much. He used to be on your Seattle Mariners. Yeah. Mike Zunino had three singles all season this year, and I believe 84 plate appearances. That's pretty crazy. And tonight, he just didn't try and do too much. Just snuck one in through the hole. Yeah, and of course, he had uh, a big home run uh, last round uh, as well uh, against the Yankees, but... Yeah, I mean, the thing about Mike Z and me and continuing to insist that he is good, um, it comes down to he always just seems to give me enough moments throughout the season where I'm like, hey, look, he's good. And there you go. Here we are again with the game-winning RBI. And yeah, like you said, he had three singles coming into the game. Um, he's obviously often swinging out of his shoes, um, but he clearly calls a good game. He's a huge part of the Rays pitching staff success. And, uh, and listen, man, every catcher, Unless you're Ryan Domit, you're a cat and you're not, you know, a total abomination behind the plate. Every catcher is extremely important 
to how the game is played, especially for a team like the Rays and how their pitching staff functions. Um, and so to see him succeed, of course, as a Mariners fan, to see any four Mariners succeed in the postseason is very cool. So very happy for Mike Z there to have an offensive moment that was actually seen. And you could see Mike Z got the big hit, right? Because that is not something right. that is always necessarily good. There's a lot that goes into Mike Zanino being good, but it's not often Mike Zanino getting the big hit, especially not a single. So obviously it was also funny to watch him swing and see the ball go down. Right. That was right. new. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh he's usually hitting it uh straight up or out of the park. Uh so that's Mike Z. I, I wanna I wanna touch on the the starter for Tampa Bay here for a second because Blake Snell, we saw him warming up in game five and he didn't ultimately get into that game. But Blake Snell just again, kind of like Tyler Glass now, so many long at bats. The command is always not really there, but the stuff is just so incredible. I know he only had two strikeouts tonight, and Astros really don't even strike out even when they're not cheating. Um, but like his stuff is incredible. I, I like I, the fact that he got through this game and only allowed uh, one run is is remarkable. Yeah, he was in trouble the whole time. Yeah, he, he, he was, was kind of messy. Time. Blake Snell is not a particularly uh, aesthetic watch. It there are times where it feels like he's grinding through every at bat, and he throws a lot of balls, and it takes a long time, and it's very methodical. But he gets outs, and that's literally his job. Um, before we dive in to the rest of the series looking ahead with Tampa up 1-0. to zero. We do need to take a moment and talk about Yankees-Rays Game 5. If you want a full recap of that, go listen to the R2-C2 on it um, because CeCe and Ryan like obviously talked about that. Uh, quickly though, Jordan, Game 5, Yankees-Rays, what are you going to remember from that masterpiece? Yeah, man. I mean, it was, it was an incredible game. It was, as many people have pointed out, one of the most amazingly pitched games ever from both sides. Like it was just an unbelievable barrage of talent. Garrett Cole on short rest for the first time in his career was as good as I've ever seen him. I he, that was it. That was exactly what you want from Garrett Cole. He was the best. He looked like the best pitcher in the world. That's what happened. Um, and you know, Chapman giving up another legendarily like dramatic home run was just everything any neutral fan could want. And obviously a lot of people rooting against the Yankees. And Mike Brasso, man, I mean, what a freaking story. Like, it, you've heard it a lot over the last few days, but it, it, it truly cannot be stated uh, enough. Undrafted guys, sadly, are going to have even less of a place in the baseball world moving forward, let alone late-drafted guys. Um, so to have him get to the big leagues at all is amazing. For have to, to have that moment is just, is, is there's nothing like it. So um, Jordan, it's really cool. A Roldis yeah. Chapman's three-choke job home runs ranked by which player you would most want to be of the three guys who hit them in the moment. If you could like Freaky Friday into Rajai Davis, Jose Altuve, Mike Brasso, who would you want to be in what order? Oh my God. All right. Um, in the moment, right? So what happens after doesn't matter, right? It's You get to be that dude yeah. from contact <laughs> to for two minutes to after you five minutes we'll do three five. minutes after okay i still go friend of the pod rajai then uh then brasso then altuve which by the way think about how insane that is because altuve's was the walk-off to go to the world series and that's third and i'm not saying that because it's altuve oh cheap whatever no, no no that is my order i still go rajai then i go brasso then i go Altuve, do you disagree? I think that's right. I think you could put these in any order, and yeah. I would agree with you. I think 
The Altuve so one has the edge because as soon as you hit it, as soon as you have contact, you're in the World Series, right? And so, oh. like, you don't have to worry about the bottom half. You don't have to right. think, of, right? There's, you're done. You're game seven. You're through. Oh, it's game, game seven. Se- game, right. You're it. You're it. You're good. Right. right. Brasso, I think, is the coolest from the perspective of that guy did that, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, undrafted shows up, and like that's his moment. Like for Mike Brasso, he'll he's going to be good next. Like he's a good major leaguer, but like he could be done, and like it would be a win for him already. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Versus like Altuve, like when he hits that. He's one of the best baseball players in the world. So, like, yeah, the moment itself, the context is just as amazing. But, like, he was expecting to, he's already done so many amazing things at that point, right? right. But for Brasso to then be that, to go from where he was and then have that, let alone the history earlier in the season, totally, totally true. Do you know who I wouldn't want to be in that moment? Or rolled his chat. <laughs> All right. So, the Rays and Astros uh, are in the ALCS. The Rays are up one game to zero. We'll give this one a, a, a shorter preview because it already we already have a bit of a taste for it now. We'll talk about Braves Dodgers in a minute. Uh, Jordan, tell me something about this series. So as we saw with the Rays uh, in the series before, with no off days, we talked about it going into it. With five games in five days, we saw that the Rays and all their genius pitching strategy would have to be managed so meticulously and so perfectly, and they did it and they nailed it. Now tonight, we already saw that plan start to take place in a way that was like, oh shit, what are the Rays doing? Why is Aaron Loop in this game? And they clearly decided tonight that we are not going to use, or <laughs> clearly we're only going to use at least one, at most one of Castillo, Anderson, Fairbanks, who are clearly their, their big, their three-headed monster, right? And for them to get through tonight with Curtis Thompson, Loop, and then Castillo is a great example of like how the Rays are going to have to manage this. And what I'm looking for, and I'm, we'll talk about this for Dodgers Braves too, is game four. Because game four is just going to be as it was. I know game four was kind of boring in the Yankees series, but that's because they ended up holding um, Jordan Montgomery did the Jordan thing. Montgomery, Jordan Montgomery was actually good. Um, but the point is, is that with the starting pitching so shaky as it is with Houston, clearly too, because we have no idea the setup of Zach Ranke, I just cannot wait to see what kind of moves they are willing to try, especially Dusty too, right? I want to see how Dusty does this because um, they have fewer guys to work with. So, I am legitimately excited to just see who's available and what risks guys are willing to take. When are teams going to say, fuck it, we're throwing Aaron Loop out there? When are the Astros going to say, fuck it, we're putting Chase DeYoung, friend of the barbecue, who just got added to the roster today? Like, when are these guys going to get in? Because everybody's going to have to pitch um, if the series stays close. So that's what I'm watching for uh, in, in the long run. But I mean, obviously, tomorrow we already got Charlie Morton revenge game. Pretty excited about that. What about you? It feels like the longer the series goes, the more it benefits Tampa in a way. And them taking game one is huge where they don't have their A bullpen because it's like when shit hits the fan and there's a point in every series now with the lack of pitching where you reach a turning point where like, especially compared to last year where you had Scherzer, Cole, Verlander, Strasburg, Corbin, Granke. Like you were probably going to get six and then you were going to get the space your relievers out. In this series now, in every series, there's a tipping point without rest days and with these shorter rotations where at some point, it's going to get fucking weird. And like when it gets to that point, I trust Tampa more than the other three teams based upon bullpen personnel and Kevin Cash being able to utilize that personnel. At this point, that's a repetitive theme, but like it's the the truth. And like we saw it against the Yankees and we saw it tonight against the Astros. So... 
I, and I just trust the random raise relievers. And we saw Houston just scorching hot uh, coming into this game. And now they had nine hits in this game. They had some extremely unlucky batted balls for sure. Um, but playing against Tampa's pitching in Petco Park is going to be different than playing in Dodger Stadium, which proved to be crazy hitter friendly uh, against the A's pitching. So, yeah, I but you make not, a point though. Yeah, like game yeah. one, game mm-hmm. one tonight, Astros probably deserved to win it. Astros probably should have and could have won it. And if you replay it the same exact way, they might win it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and they, it kind of feels like they had to win it. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Rays taking game one, I think is a big, big deal. I think that's a big deal. Again, yeah. I could be prov- proven wrong. I got roasted on uh, on the Twitter machine recently when I <laughs> I tweeted something at the beginning of the postseason. You saw this? Yes, I did. I tweeted at the I beginning of the this. postseason something to the extent of people who haven't watched the Astros all year are going to be surprised when they watch them and they're like, oh, they're not that good. And when I tweeted that the Astros were limping their way into October with a record under 500, and then they, they got haven't looked good. And I looked like a dummy. No, they have. They have not looked good. Like you were all in your right to uh, to post that, but they're but they clearly look comfortable. Um, yeah, man. and yeah, man. I, I and, and you know, I'm excited to see who the next random Ray hero is. Right? I mean, Randy and Brasso have clearly already had their moments, but like, there are still so many other anonymous guys on this team that could have. It could be Joey Wendell, right? It could be. I know. I guess they took Brett Phillips off the roster, but like. All these guys, just none of these dudes are famous. So like, it could really be any of them. Um, and I'm excited to see which of those guys uh, shows up. I also think there's a handful of guys who could vault into like, oh, he's really good. And to me, that's Willie Adamas. And I want mm-hmm. a Willie Adamas moment because I agree. they talk about this in the broadcast, him being the heart and soul of the team, et cetera, et cetera. Like he's just a very emotive, like awesome, high energy guy. And you know this because when... You know, the Rays hit a home run and they cut to the dugout. Like, who's running out of the dugout first? It's it's Willie. And so I want Willie to have a moment where he gets to like, because he'll bat flip. Like, he'll do something. He'll he'll own it. He'll soak in it. And I, I want that for him. So that's my one pick for this. Last this thing. Last thing for this one before we move on to the NLCS. Uh, I mentioned it briefly uh, before. Uh, Charlie Morton, who will be starting uh, tomorrow um, in game two. I guess today, if you're listening to this, I'll uh, start in game two uh, against his former team where he was the World Series hero. And Charlie Morton, I think, is a fascinating character t- for me because his coming out party was the 2017 Astros in the 2017 World Series. And he has been one of the best pitchers in baseball since then. He's been amazing. When he signed with Tampa, it when he talked about it, it was like, all right, like I've I'm done it all. Like I'm going to go retire to Florida and pitch until I can't and have a good time. And now he's in this extremely huge opportunity to maybe win another World Series. He had some quotes today talking about how he has a team option that, you know, if they pick it up, he'd be happy to be back. Before the season, he was saying like, yeah, like I might just retire. Like I'm, I, I, I've, I've really done everything I need to do. Like I'm enjoying this, but I might retire. So Charlie Morton, I'm, I'm really excited to see how he does against his former team and just kind of his arc throughout this because it could his story could have just ended, right? He was a journeyman for so many years. What he did in 17, I remember when he did that in 17, it was like, wow, what a like pinnacle. He did it like right off into the sunset, Charlie Morton. It's like, well, now he's just been one of the best pitchers of baseball in the last three years. And now he's back in a huge postseason spot. So thinking a lot about ground chuck uh, going into the series. Curl that cap all the way like you're a Japanese little leaguer, Charlie Morton. This it's one's so for you. It's so uh, true. Jordan, before we wrap up on this series, I want to ask you a quick question. And I mentioned this before with the Rays uniforms. 
What percentage of mm. baseball fans listening to this podcast know that the Rays are now referring to a beam of light and not uh, an aquatic creature? Because I brought this up to the people I live with, uh, and they were shocked. To they did not know about hang the beam on, of light. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Is this real? <laughs> Bobby Wagner, yeah, from dude. The top rope. <laughs> yeah, go, go, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. I don't think shook. I ever knew that that officially changed or that that was like the so you, you impetus thought they were behind still, that. You thought they I thought were that they still... were just like the aquatic creature but they wanted to take the word devil out because it was too intimidating to children that they were trying to attract to come to their ballpark which didn't work. Well at that no, point Bobby, they, then they lights, would have been the manta rays. They're lights now. They're lights now man. That makes a lot of sense because you know light rays are a very impressive feat of nature unlike also their logo. devil rays which have only ever... The logo. Dude look at the logo. It's a yeah. beam of light. On the yeah. jersey, that yellow burst. What, you it's think okay. that was like a mollusk? I'm not above looking dumb on baseball but barbecue. Also, it's freaking 9.30 Pacific <laughs> well, time, 12.30 Eastern. But this Easter. is my point. No, you're actually proving my point. So people don't know about the beam of light. Yes, uh, people, including me, like, who watches like, like a 200 baseball games a year and produces three baseball podcasts. <laughs> Yo, Bobby, open your third eye. Learn about the beam of light, Bobby. But also, but also, Jake, they're still rocking the manta ray on the jersey as well as an actual ray tank in their, in their it's stadium. It's confusing. No, it's confusing. <laughs> they didn't commit to the bit. You can see how if I would they be were the rays, Bad messaging. Bad messaging. If they really wanted to go full beam of light, they would get a stadium without a goddamn roof on it. All right, Jordan, and let some beams of light in. Jordan, yes. from the beams of light hmm. to another beam of light, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, they're playing in the NLCS against the Atlanta Braves. They're going to play between four and seven games. Great preview so far. Yeah, what else? That's, that, what else and is going to happen? for listening. <laughs> uh, okay, here's another uh, shitty part about this that we'll just get this out of the way now. Supposedly, there will be fans. I'm not particularly looking forward to watching not fans at a baseball it. game. But I, I believe that is the plan. So not looking forward to that. But let's just ignore that part. Um, I mean, Dodgers it, Braves. Roommate, yeah. what's the Roommate of mine had a uh, Giants Cowboys on the big screen today, and it took me a while to realize that there were fans there. And it's going to be off putting. I'm not. The broadcast is going to have a really weird time handling it. Like I fully expect that, right? Because right. the broadcasters, someone probably was in their ear, or they're like. You know, make note of the fans. Like, do we think that the the broadcast is going to show the fans less than they would no, otherwise? The like, they will show them more. And here's the other thing about. Let's just talk about this for a second. Um, we have had fans in games in America of many different sports. Now we've seen it in the NFL for a few stadiums. And the thing is, the thing that I'm going to bring up, the thing that we don't know is I we, we have no idea what the what the what the league's plan is for spacing fans out okay now this I bring this up because we've seen a huge range of this with the sports that have had fans in this country where sometimes they cut to you know whatever random SEC stadium and it's packed and clearly no one is following any guidelines and no one gives a shit and it's like that's a disaster why are we doing that some NFL games it's like okay clearly everyone is sitting extremely far apart KBO games when they let people back in clearly they were following extremely specific rules about where you can sit and how how space are so we have no clue what the plan is we know it's going to be reduced capacity but we have no clue how spaced out they're going to be it's also weird because this is a stadium that we've never seen fans in because we've never seen anybody in it. <laughs> so that's also weird because it's Globe Life Field. So we don't even know what it looks like. Uh, full First game at Globe Life open to the public right. exactly. is not involving the Rangers. Whatever. 
hopefully we can whatever hopefully everyone stays safe let's not dwell on this too much because it's stupid and it sucks and it's a money grab and we're disappointed in it but we're not surprised all right can we talk about the baseball now because uh there's two, I, two really down, good baseball I'm down. teams. Who really, I'm and, down and, to and, talk about the baseball. And, and as you pointed out, Jake, uh, this is cool because it's the two best teams in the league. I think it's pretty clear these are the two best teams in the National League, and we will be seeing that uh, in the National League Championship Series as we uh, as we are supposed to. And that's cool. And Sorry. Like we could have, yeah, Sorry. and we right. could have, you know, this year could have given us Marlins Cardinal, right? And we would have not batted an eye. We would have been like, yeah, like Marlins Cardinals 2020. So goofy. This is weird. Randomness like the 16 team postseason is stupid. But instead, the laws of nature have given us the two most quality teams. And I guess thanks, nature. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for one thing. Um, uh, Yeah, let's let's start here. The Dodgers are obviously a machine. We'll get to them in a second. I want to spend a little bit of time on Atlanta because they kind of floated most of the season in this void, like under the Dodgers and Padres, who I think a lot of people thought, or at least had the two best records. Um, why are they so good? What makes the Braves go? Yeah. So, and and again, I'm sure there are a decent number of, of Padres fans thinking like, what the hell? Like we're, we were the second best team and maybe fully healthy Padres and the second yeah. best team, whatever. Fully it's healthy still. Padres, yes. Fully yes. healthy Padres, yes. But they were um, not fully healthy. I don't know if you saw that. But they were not, and neither is Atlanta. But what makes Atlanta so great? Uh, it's basically that they have the new most fun player in the postseason, Ronald Lacuna Jr., now has graduated to most fun player in the postseason, as Fernando Tatis has exited. Uh, we know him. Phenom, superstar, amazing. Freddie Freeman, maybe the National League MVP. But the real key to what has made this team go and what has made this the most dangerous lineup that it, a lineup that is not as good as the Dodgers because no one's is, but is legitimately close, is Marcelo Zuna having an absolutely ridiculous season uh, and Travis Darno also being amazing. But mostly Ozuna makes it a legitimate three-headed monster of supernova talent. Um, and that is, a, that is a, a real threat. That is something that, you know, the Padres, they had Tatis who got really cold at times and they had Machado who's really hot, but like, these three have been amazing the entire season, and that is scary. And they've been good so far in the postseason as well, and that is scary. Um, and more recently in the actual postseason, their three young starters, Freed, who we knew was good, Ian Anderson, who has proven to be good, and Kyle Wright, who at least looked awesome against uh, against the Marlins in his last start. Um, that's pretty solid, and that's pretty exciting, especially for the future of the Braves. But that's that's what they're going to need because if you start pushing this again, like I mentioned in the first series, once we get to Game Four, it's going to get pretty dicey. But that's the general overview of so why the Braves are so good, as well as a bullpen that has been outstanding, even though they've been facing teams that cannot hit. That is the thing about the Braves, right? They beat the bad Reds offense and the bad Marlins offense back to back, right? And so one thing is got, and both things can be true. Like the Braves can be good at pitching, and the Marlins and the Reds can be bad at hitting. But that we're going to really find out right away, whether or not they're the real deal, because the Dodgers are. Uh, Atlanta's bullpen, though, has been incredible and is the one area where I would almost certainly pick them over the Dodgers unit. Interesting. So the Dodgers bullpen, at least for the regular season, was amazing. Um, But as we have seen, at least over the last two, three weeks, and the way that Kenley has looked, and that is one of the biggest things I'm watching in the series, 
is, is Kenley still the closer by the end of the series? I know that sounds crazy, um, but there were already so much talk about it at the end of the series before. And as the series, if the series gets extended um, and there are other options in the bullpen, like our man, Bruce Starr or Blake Trinan, or even like Jake McGee, who has not been seen at all, but who has been fantastic the whole season. Like, I don't know, like, will they actually change it? Hard to imagine. feels like Dave Roberts is the kind of guy that's just going to ride his dude forever. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. That's definitely so you you would take the Braves. I mean, the Braves, like people, maybe, you know, Melanson, you know, they traded for Shane Green, but like it's pretty boring, but they're pretty freaking good. And Matt, they're pretty and, good. And yeah, and, like yeah. they don't have a dude like Bruce Starr, mm-hmm. right? Who's like the stuff is going to make pitching ninja every day. But right. like, OK, Matzik, Minter, Shane Green, really, really good. Will Smith. All three of them. Will Smith Will was a Smith. huge addition, right? Will Smith, we're going to get Will Smith versus Will Smith in this. Uh, oh my in this god! Piece. I mean, that's just really what we should be talking about. Get get to the red table, Jordan. Yeah, we should. Hopefully, we should bring Will Smith on uh, if he's around. The the more famous of the the three, uh, we should bring him on to talk about this matchup if he's around. Have Will Smith commentate on the broadcast. Yeah, I need that. Um, but yeah, so but right, like you said though, there's no guys where it's like, oh my god, oh Lou is this? Where do they get him? It's just like, oh wait, he has a one ERA. Cool. All right, that's the Braves. And um, uh, East Coast baseball fans, Yankees, Red Sox fans, etc., will be shocked to learn that Darren O'Day, the guy who would show up on the Orioles, and you'd be like, he's throwing like a dummy. He's still around, and he's on the Braves, and like pitches in huge spots sometimes. Still throwing like pretty a nice. dummy, but pretty good. Love him. <laughs> so. Love him. Uh, I, but yeah, I, I, I think, I think they can hang with them. I hope that Ronald just goes off. Um, the Dodgers, of course, basically just all their superstars just take turns being awesome and slumping, right? Bellinger will just go over 10 with eight strikeouts and then Muncie will suck. And then, oh, well, here's Justin Turner with a big hit. Oh, and here's Mookie and here's, it's an endless barrage. Will, uh, by the way, Will Smith is the Dodger is amazing. Like he has been probably one yeah, of the three incredible. best hitters the whole year. And and by the way, he is top of my theory that again, if we'll think about it this way, Randy Rosarena is benefiting bigly by being named Randy Rosarena. Yes, nobody had heard of him, but it helps to be named Randy Rosarena instead of Will Smith. The numbers that Will Smith is putting up, if his name was any more interesting than Will Smith, I promise you. Even David Smith. <laughs> There's just too many wills. Go go by William or Bill. Yeah, like it's just something different because it's just like oh, we have Bill so many Smith. baseball wills. Willie uh, Smith. Yeah, just spice it up. I go middle name or do a add something like make it up. Just like start going by single name. I have no idea, but you're never gonna. He's never gonna Dodgers. Be like, Dodgers PR. If you're listening, Venmo us. Exactly. Just have him go you're by welcome. Wilt. Yeah. Wilt Smith. Wilt. Ex- Bingo. That would be great. He could really use that. Uh, so anyway, he's amazing. The Dodgers have a, an endless, you know, plethora of amazing players. We know, we all know that. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I hope Acuna goes off. I'm excited to watch him. And uh, I also hope that people can actually hit in this gigantic cavernous ball. I think we learned in the Dodgers Padres series the Bellinger play, the Bellinger catch really represents a lot, I think, because it is a room. We didn't think about Cody Bellinger the entire series. We didn't. I know the we homered earlier in that game. The entire, entire season. season we, we, we didn't, we didn't about talk it. about him on here. And like he made that catch. Right. And we're like, all right, Cody Bellinger is a top 20 player in the world. And 
the whole Dodgers team is like that, where you'll just be rolling along watching the Dodgers, and then, you know, Jock Peterson will hit a ball 450 feet, and it's like, oh, right, he was in two home run derby finals and is like a ton of World Series home runs. Like, it's just this kind of revisiting baseball joy through, like, memories of the Dodgers because there's so many good players that you forget about them. And again, like, haven't even mentioned Corey Seager, who was one of the best hitters in baseball this year. Pollock has been outstanding for them. Chris Taylor, of course, is a huge part of their teams. Um, and then really, uh, as we as we head into this series, is that both of these teams haven't lost yet. The Dodgers haven't lost the game since September 23rd. Um, goes back uh, four games into the regular season. The Braves finished their regular season with two losses, but like, these two teams are coming in like don't really remembering what losing is like. And so I feel like that's the kind of thing where once they lose, do you see a team be like, oh, shit, like now I forget how to win. Like I thought we were going to win the rest of the games for the season. Or is it like, oh, no, both these teams are going to stay hot and we're going to have a great series. I hope we have a great series here. These teams uh, have adults on them, Jordan. These, yeah, they do. This series just feels like it's going to go for a bit. But it, it this this is just this is gonna be good crisp baseball. I hope. I certainly hope. I would like to paint one image in your head before we leave. Do you have anything else to say? Uh no, go ahead. And I'll I'll wrap up with uh with some So I'm looking at well. these rosters, I have them in front of me, and I, I see the name Ronald Acuna Jr. on the Atlanta Braves. And I see the name Bruce Star Gratterall on the LA Dodgers. And I think back at both of these two gentlemen and what they've done in this beautiful month of October, and I think of Acuna's bat flip, and I think of Bruce Star hurling his hat, and I think we're going to get a matchup, Bruce Star versus Acuna in the eighth inning, game on the line, and we will be guaranteed in that moment to see an incredible, incredible reaction, an incredible celebration, no matter what happens. Doesn't, like, literally could be anything in the world, and one of them is going to go full Vesuvius. And very rarely in this sport, and is changing more and more, are we presented with moments like that, right? Where we're guaranteed an incredible outcome. And I think this series will, will deliver on a couple of those moments, and I'm very excited for it. Listen, man. Uh, Gen Z is watching. 1997 versus 1998 is here, and uh, I'm excited to watch Acuna versus. Gen Z is also <laughs> playing. Gen Z, is, Gen Z is watching, and Gen Z is playing. Uh, and yeah, no, that's that's a great call. I'm excited about that. Um, and yeah, uh, okay. Final thoughts to kind of wrap up this whole uh, podcast here. Um, I'm not going to make you predict who wins, but I am going to make you predict which series goes longer. You don't have to tell me who you think is going to win. I know you think it's the Dodgers, obviously. So. Uh, I know we already have one game here. We got the Rays looking good, but it was close. It's not like the Astros didn't play well. Uh, which series do you think goes longer uh, or do you think the same? So I just want you to predict series length for both of these. Uh, I would take Rays in five and Dodgers in six. Rays in five and Dodgers in six. Oh, so you did give me a prediction. Then I'll give you a prediction. I will say Rays in six, Dodgers in seven. There you go. In seven? Yeah, Dodgers in seven. Those games best four and five could sports. be ugly. We'll be getting some Huascar, you Noah. I have no idea if he's even on the mm. roster. But we're going to get some really... In four. Dodgers, Dodgers in four. Dodgers in four. Do you want to give Bobby, Bobby are you recording? Bobby recording live from the Lakers victory parade. Bobby, Bobby, uh, what about the Rays-Astros? 
Rays in six. Rays in six. I have a question you. for you guys, though. Yep. If the Dodgers went undefeated in the playoffs, mm-hmm. I almost brought this up. Yeah. Would you consider them the greatest team of all time? Yes. Um, even though they only played 60 games. Yes. And even though the pandemic shortened postseason is different because everybody's playing every day. Yes. Yeah. I'll say yes because it's not happening. So, yes. Bobby, who is the greatest team? <laughs> the 2001 Throne, Mariners? Will Smith. <laughs> Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Jake. This is what they pay you the big bucks for. I know, brother. but this is kind of my point, right? Like when we think of the greatest baseball teams of all time, they're really the two main answers are the 1927 Yankees and the 2001 Mariners because they won the most games. And like, Nobody in their right mind thinks that the 2001 Mariners who didn't win a playoff series are the greatest team of all time. No, yeah. Bobby's obviously right about that. Now, I will say, though, yeah. uh, if the Dodgers sweep the postseason, that will put them at four plus four plus three plus it's two. 11. That's, That's 11. 13. That's 13 13 wins. games. That's 13 wins, right? That will bring them to a hefty total of 56 wins on the year. Does that sound like the best? Didn't the Orioles win 56 games last year? Uh, I think so. Bobby Wagner, while you're here, Bobby Wagner, while you're here, thank you for producing this podcast. Yeah, thanks, man. Thank you to Jake Mintz for joining me from his car as always. Beep, beep. You want to honk? Uh, Should I honk live? (laughs) Yeah, honk live. Honk live here on the (laughs) People are sleeping though. Here, wait. Here. Boom. (laughs) <laughs> you to us, it didn't sound like a yeah, honk. For yeah, what it's worth, it, it just sounded like you punching the dashboard. But <laughs> which is what we deserve. Uh, thank you, Jake. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you uh, to John Curtis for. Thank you to Aaron Loop for gutting it out. It's a big out, Aaron. Thank you to Aaron Loop for getting bailed out by Diego Castillo, the greatest reliever in the universe. Congrats um, to LeBron. Yes. Uh, you just got to leave Aaron Loop in in that moment. He's the highest paid Rays reliever. Jordan and I were running down the payroll before the podcast, before Jake walked to his car and got on the Zoom. So you just have to leave him in. That's what you pay him the big bucks for. He's right. He's right. 1.6 million. That is the highest paid Rays reliever. Remake Looper with Aaron Loop. All right, thank you for listening to this Ringer MLB show bonus, the bonus Jonas. If you enjoyed any part of Baseball Barbecue or if you really fucking hated it and want to hate listen to it every week, make sure you subscribe uh, to it. We record. It comes out Mondays. It comes out Thursdays, just like uh, Torah reading days in synagogue. Just check it out. It's pretty cool.